This week on the Two Pointers Podcast, Trevor and I are going to do something a bit different, uh, taking a break from basketball, and we're going to launch into previewing the Fantasy Football Podcast League that we talked about last week's episode uh, with the guys from Domestic Draft. All that and more next. Welcome back, everyone, to the Two Pointers Podcast. I'm Josh. I'm Trevor. Welcome back, everyone. So this week, Trevor and I are being a bit different. Uh, this week, we're not the Two Pointers Podcast, but I would say that we're the Two Point Conversion Podcast. So welcome, everyone. Uh, this week's going to be a lot less, uh, I guess, structured from ones in the past. It's the NBA offseason. Nothing, frankly, is happening in basketball. And the biggest thing happening for our podcast is it's week one of fantasy football season, and Trevor and I are the only basketball podcast in a football um, podcast league with 13 other uh, groups that run football podcasts. And our plan is for, well, frankly, the basketball podcast to embarrass everyone and win this league. So (laughs) we're going to spend this week just having some fun uh, telling you guys about our team and talking about how you can follow along with how we're doing throughout the season. But with that being said, Trevor, welcome back. How was your week? Uh, it was very fun and very long. And I'm just this whole Monday, no longer Wednesday, now recording thing is messing me up internal clockwise. Um, but I'm happy to be here. Funny you say we're doing weird things this offseason or like, hey, we're doing something different, you said. Um, we've been doing something different since uh, since the beginning of August because we've now reviewed a documentary about a NBA event that happened when we were like six. We've done our top three favorite players and we've interviewed another show and done trivia. So in conclusion, <laughs> I want the NBA back really bad. That's all. That's all I have right now, Josh. I'm excited to talk about why this team uh, might be the best team in the entire league. And like you said, we talk about basketball weekly. Frankly, yeah, we really need basketball back. But there isn't any being played, and no one's really talking about it. There's not really any training camp. <laughs> There's really I, – I don't know. I don't know what to do. I mean, like, we, we can't even branch down to the basketball tournament because I think that ended like a month ago or something. Um, yeah, you guys are just going to randomly – there's big three going on, but you guys are just randomly going to get a two-hour NBA season preview in like a month and I a half. I refuse to talk about the big three, so that's why we're here. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly – I'm excited, man. Like, we had a great interview with those guys from the rest of the draft last week, Evan and Dan. So, again, if you guys haven't checked them out, please do so. It was a great interview. It was, I mean, I think it was just all around a great time. We got to talk about beer, fantasy football, our show, their show, Chicago Bulls, Carolina. I mean, I feel like we hit everything, right? I mean, I feel like we hit all the points that we wanted to talk about with those guys. So it was really fun. Uh, I look forward to us doing this episode with you. Yeah. And honestly, I'm really looking forward to whenever we play um, Evan and Dan. I think it's like week five or something to go on their podcast. I think it'll be a lot of fun. But with that being said, uh, we can go ahead and kind of launch into telling you guys about how our fantasy team looks. Uh, like we said, this week will be a little weird. You might love this podcast. You might hate it. But either way, we're going to be doing something completely different next week. So this is what we're doing this week on the Two Point Conversion Podcast. 
trying to coin that as best I can. <laughs> For those of you that aren't downloading our episode in the offseason, we see you. Uh, clear your phone space. And also, if you like fantasy football, please download this show because this show is going to be fun. You're going to like it. Josh, uh, intro the league first and kind of explain if they didn't listen last week, at least explain how the league works. You went over it a little bit, but uh, the format, the points, things like that. Yeah, so Evan and Dan from the Domestic Draft Podcast um, were a couple of people that Trevor kind of got to know on Twitter recently. And they formed this 14-team fantasy football league of podcasts. Uh, It's a lot of different podcasts for 13 of them that focus on some version of NFL football or fantasy football. And then there's us (laughs) that somehow got invited as a basketball podcast to take part in this. Uh, So 14 teams, a just egregiously long snake draft. Uh, that we went through um, with, you can imagine, just like waiting like 26 picks in between or 20, 24 or 25 picks in between some of our selections. I'm getting off the point. Um, yeah, I believe it's a PPR league. Uh, and the concept with the podcast is every week, whoever the domestic draft guys, Evan and Dan are playing, are going to go on their show. Uh, so plug for them, and uh, they'll interview them and talk about the game coming up. But we also wanted to kind of intro to talk about our team so that you guys can follow us in the league. And the plan is for us to kind of give updates weekly on Twitter and um, other social media channels as to how we're doing uh, in the league and how the week's going for us. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Evan's To quote Evan's exact words were, we wanted to diversify the league. Yeah. He invited one basketball show. <laughs> so we appreciate it, Evan and Dan. Thank you very much. I don't know if it was on the podcast that he said this, but I remember him saying that, yeah, we thought you guys being the basketball podcast, you guys would finish in last. So just real Little did he heart. know. <laughs> Little did he know that I already mentioned this before, but uh, Josh is a back-to-back winner in our uh, friends, uh, I'll call it Keeper League. It's a league we've been doing for now. This is the 10th year. We have literally been doing a league together for a decade. Uh, Josh and I have both uh, at some point won this league. Josh has won it twice in a row. I won it a long time ago. I haven't won since. Arguably, arguably the favorite to go for three, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, it's, it's been a fun league. It's been my favorite league to play every year, uh, implementing punishments, implementing a rule change, commissioner change. A lot of these fun leagues you hear about on Twitter and stuff. That's our version of it in terms of our, our, our friend group. But this is the one I'm looking the most forward to because, one, I think our team's really freaking good. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm over the moon about our team as well as the fact that it's 14 team and I've never competed in it. So it's going to be really weird come like week seven and we're like going to have to be worried about like waiver wire and stuff. It's just going to be tough, man. It's going to be a really fun league with a lot of great people. So uh, Josh, without further ado, we can, we can just kind of, I haven't seen anything on Twitter about this. I haven't done any social media posts about our team yet. I've kept it under wraps because I thought this might happen eventually. And then Josh came up with this idea this week. So here we are. Let's go through the team, go run through the starting lineup as well as the bench, and then we can kind of go through our thoughts throughout the draft, the arguments that we got into over what pick where. Uh, then we can just have some fun. Okay. I think we can kind of just go down our lineup board. Uh, we may indicate what round we took players in in a couple scenarios, but for the most part, we're just going to kind of go down lineup board. We'll start off with who's playing quarterback for us, which was actually quite a contentious decision uh, between Trevor and I for a while. Uh, who is also playing tomorrow night on Thursday Night Football to start off, Dak Prescott of the Dallas Cowboys. 
This is interesting because Trevor and I both don't like the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> it's a, it's, I feel like it's a good place to start this conversation. I'm also nervous that his shoulder injury magically just got better, uh, like within the last 48 hours. Um, however, at least for week one standard, you want to come out as a basketball podcast with a bang. And uh, I think the Bucks cowboys game tomorrow night, if the over doesn't get hit, I don't know what will over this hit, get hit this offseason or this season. Sorry. Um, that game, I would not be shocked if there's a combined 80 points or more. So, I mean, just the Bucks are going to come out and want to prove a point. The Cowboys I mean, like the have a prolific offense last year, so that's what's kind of. I think fun. that will play a part, but in terms of just scoring, I just the NFL wants it to be exciting mm-hmm. in Tampa. There's just a lot of things about it that scream to me: fun first night blowout or shootout, I guess in this case. Hopefully, um, I don't know with Zach Martin being out and Cowboys randomly having injuries all across the, both sides of the ball. I don't really know, but. The, what he's referring to contingency here wise is I wanted Jalen Hurts. I wanted somebody who had a little more rushing upside in an offense that was really good. However, I'm not complaining. It's Dak Prescott. He was on pace to be uh, quarterback one through week five last week until he got hurt. I feel Prescott. like it's a pretty safe call. Like if you were going to try to predict who's going to finish the season leading the NFL in passing yards, it's a pretty safe call to say Dak, Dak Prescott. I don't feel like that's. You're looking at a team that's going to have to air the ball out a lot because their defense isn't very strong. That's the Dallas Cowboys. And of the quarterbacks that can get it done, airing it out and racking up a ton of yards, that's Dak Prescott. I just wish we knew, like, in front of us here. I hate that we don't know this, but because obviously draft board and stuff, I should have taken a picture of the draft board, but we got him. We got him relatively late. It's not like we reached for him or anything. Fourth we got or him. fifth round? Yeah, we, we had to get one at that point because in this league full of people who do fantasy football for their show every week. Uh, I mean, there was yeah, a lot of quarterbacks. Like 60 taken. to 70 range pick. It was great. I mean, I think it was great for the place. So. All right. Going to continue to go down. Um, this draft board is arranged a little strangely, but we're going to go to running backs because that's the next normal position to go down a fantasy draft board. The we first pick we had, here. we had the second overall pick in the draft, and we took there it is. Alvin Kamara from the New Orleans Saints. So another team I'm not the most fond of. <laughs> okay this is great i'm I'm, I'm I'm all for it being from north carolina i'm a carolina panthers fan and haven't really been a saints fan but even i can recognize that in a points per reception league alvin kamara is a beast alvin kamara has also in the last five seasons or four seasons had in order 81 81 81 And 84 catches in the last four seasons. So, Josh, I think in a PPR format where Dalvin Cook's available, who has had injury risk in the past, Alvin Kamara has also played more than 13 games his entire NFL career. So, um, yes, I am very excited to have have Alvin Kamara at number two. I think if you aren't going to get number one this year or top three, I think if you can get uh, Christian McCaffrey, assuming full health, for every person in the first round. And I think if you can get Christian McCaffrey or Alvin Kamara or Austin Eckler, assuming full health, I think those are your three kind of target PPR guys that are running at the running back position. I think that are going to be league swingers this year. And I hope that Kamara for us is obviously going to translate to that. The Saints are going to air the heck out of the ball. It's Jameis Winston, the same guy who threw 5,000 yards, 30 interceptions and 30 touchdowns in the same season. He's going to throw the ball a lot. I don't know if it's going to be Alvin Kamara. I know. I know it's going to be uh, Alvin Kamara. (laughs) Make smart decisions, which we'll see. But I mean, on the bright side of it, with no Michael Thomas, Camaro's far and away the primary weapon in the Saints offense. So. 
I'm, and I'm a high usage rate for him. And I'm happy to say that we have him at the end of the day. That was a great pick at two because I think two is a hard place as well to caveat my PPR thing is it, you've got to be really strategic with who might fall to you at that turn, mm-hmm. which we'll get to in a moment. I think we got a guy who's going to finish as a top five receiver in every format. He was a guy that could have finished in the top five last year. I believe he finished seven in standard formats, but uh, McLaurin is our next guy. We can kind of any other thoughts on Kamara before I just spoil McLaurin. That was kind of the next pick. Okay, there, I but. guess we're jumping the wide receiver before finishing the <laughs> I, running back room. <laughs> oh, that's true. I guess I was going down in order of pick. Is my All right, head, we'll talk about yeah Terry McLaurin. Scary Terry, we're already on him. My fault. That was totally my fault. But yeah, was scary he Terry. Twenty seventh overall. It's not. It's great. Fourteen team in fourteen team. That's amazing. To get a guy who's supposed to be going right now in the end of the second round, I, we got him exactly in that place. I, I mean, it's He's a guy I don't remember who was available. So over at Washington, who now has a much more reliable quarterback than they did last season. Uh, last season, I believe they started Kyle Allen and Blaine Haskins uh, for the entirety of the season. This year, they have Ryan Fitzpatrick. So hoping Fitz Magic continues to connect that ball to Terry McLaurin. Don't forget all about day, Taylor every, Heineke, buddy. Don't day, forget about the ta- Taylor Heineke, buddy. Don't forget about him. Don't forget about Taylor Heineke. Come on. No. Uh, yeah. It, it, the quarterback room is a lot more reassuring this year, even if you get one full month out of Ryan Fitzpatrick. Let you, for you and I's sake, let's hope we get at the month of Ryan Fitzpatrick where it's week 12 through 15 when we man, when we are in the playoffs and win the, the league. Uh, Terry McLaurin also uh, is obviously a thousand plus yard guy. Um, I, he's going to be good with reliable quarterback play. When Alex Smith was there, they were four and one. So four and one with Alex Smith. I can only hope that Ryan Fitzpatrick could do the same. At the end of the day, it's scary. Terry's one of the fastest players in the NFL, fastest players in the NFL. I'm happy to where we got him. Yes, it's not this like token wide receiver one, you know, pretty boy pick. It's not like your DeAndre Hopkins, your Devontae Adams. It's not those kind of guys. Yeah. Yes, but it's but it's but a guy that will finish probably top five. You're looking at a guy who looking at the stats right now, had 87 catches for 1,100 yards last season. So he put up a pretty massive number last year. Uh, Only four touchdown catches, which was the reason that his fantasy value wasn't seen as high. Uh, But if he can improve, really just has to get in the end zone more often to become one of those elite receivers. Uh, so we'll hop back to finish the running back room. I think we got this guy in round three, which considering that we had Kamara, the fact that we have an actually other good running back in this league kind of shocked me, but we've got Chris Carson, uh, the Seattle Seahawks, which is a bit of a boomer bust this year. Uh, I don't know if anybody's really certain what they're going to get from Chris Carson, but he's a guy that's been until kind of a more of an injury riddled season last year has been old reliable in Seattle. At the end of the day, the one thing that scares me, the two things that scare me about the Chris Carson pick, one, we would have been, so prior to my two points, we would have been dumb to pass on him. Yeah. Even in, even in, even in PPR format. However, that's, that's what scares me is this passing down ability is going to be limited. However, they don't really have a passing down back in Seattle. So he'll probably play a lot. The mm-hmm. other thing is we didn't, we went, like, like I mentioned with Terry, is we didn't go super heavy receiver like I did and like you've done in other PPR formats we play in. So we went with the sure thing in terms of two running backs. I feel really good about our two running backs. There are some people I know in deep PPR formats that Chris Carson might be RB1 depending on where they drafted. So 
Uh, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, the other thing with Seattle that really makes me nervous is that the offensive coordinator change. The offensive coordinator, of course, is now uh, was now plucked from the Rams, and Wilson gets his guy who hopefully is going to let him just air it out to the two best receivers he's had together at the same time in his NFL career and DK and uh, Tyler Lockett. So, and Tyler Lockett, a guy that we really wanted, spoiler, we didn't get. He almost felt, he, I think, believe he literally got taken the pick before us, if not the pick right before. So, Tyler Lockett almost fell, I believe, an entire round out of his ADP in this draft. And it would have been a great wide receiver, too, for us. But uh, I think if you get any Seahawk, quite frankly, other than Gerald Everett, you're probably in good shape this year. No, that's no offense to Gerald Everett. Tight end's just a really deep yeah. position this year. I mean, speaking of trying to uh, pick a Seahawk, we were going to take Russell Wilson, and then he got taken like two picks before we selected Dak Prescott. Yep. We identified there weren't many good quarterbacks left. Uh, we were going to take Wilson. So, but, yeah, it didn't happen. So. There was a little bit of a drop-off. It's basically we, we had to go with the fact that Dak has that rushing ability for somewhat. But, like, it wasn't to me this year, the quarterback drop off isn't huge. That was one of the things I can, I guess, open up about this draft for us is that's one thing we disagree on heavily is because I don't think there's a huge drop off, but I think there's a huge drop off in terms of, and I agree with Josh on this, the safety aspect of it. Dak Prescott, if he's fully healthy, mm-hmm. he's going to be good. <laughs> However, so could Jalen Hurts, Ryan Tannehill, Matthew Stafford, Joe Burrow. Those four guys would be good for you and could finish this top five quarterbacks. We just didn't want to take the risk in a league we really want to compete in. That was kind of where it was like Chris Carson, Dak Prescott. They kind of fell right into place for us when, when it comes to how they fell in front of us. Yeah, frankly, my mindset is that I think there's a big quarterback drop-off after the first two quarterbacks. And then I think there's a massive drop. And my quarterback strategy is often pick someone who you have zero doubt is going to post at least 20 points in every game. When you get into the Jalen Hurts, Ryan Tannehills, Matthew Stafford, Joe Burrows, they will have some awesome games. And they will have some games where they score 14 or 15. And for me, that's just something that I don't take. Uh, Because that will – when you're relying on 20 to 25 from your quarterback and you get 15 points, that will kill your whole week. Especially if your kicker misses three extra points, which I'm really disappointed in Evan and Dan for not doing a no kicker league. Um, like I wish we had done an extra flex, especially in this 14 team. Love that would have been really, I do too, but like <laughs> I also wouldn't mind in a deep league like this in PPR format, the wide receiver depth this year, which is another reason I wasn't really worried about us not getting a DeAndre Hopkins, Devonta Adams type guy is like, I just would have loved that extra flex because our bench, like we've got some good guys on the bench that we just might not play. And if we had that extra flex spot instead of, you know, whoever at kicker, it might have been a little bit more fun in terms of how this league turns out. Um, still going to be fun regardless. But, yeah, I think the quarterback thing, uh, the, the term you're probably looking forward to, and that's not just for quarterback, that's how Alvin Kamara is too for us, is the set it and forget it. Mm-hmm. term. And we have – I think we have three set it and forget it players. I think we've went over all three of them, and maybe four, depending on how this guy, next guy does. If you want to go through a wide receiver two for us, depending on this year, I, I'm you introduce it. You're the one that is was adamant that I couldn't, despite some effort, talk you out of taking him. So, best case scenario, where this guy came to us at round, I believe it was seven or six. I think it was six. Uh, Jerry Judy, wide receiver twos, and for us is going to be this year, Jerry Judy. The second year of the sophomore wide receiver jump is blatantly obvious in the last five years now. Somebody's going to do it. And to me, just based on everything I've seen, read, heard, doesn't matter. 
I don't care if it's Teddy Bridgewater or Teddy Roosevelt. Jerry Judy is going to be the best receiver on the Broncos this year, and that's no disrespect to Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton is a guy who was drafted way, 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 way below his ADP in every league I've played in this year. Cortland Sutton's a really good player. Uh, coming off an injury that I think a lot of people forget, like Cortland Sutton was a great player. I think he was at the top eight or nine receiver last year prior to that injury. Cortland Sutton's a great player. I just think Jerry Dewey's going to make that jump. I just have this – there's just so many guys, like the Justin Jefferson effect. Mm-hmm. It, he's going to be good. I just – he has too many things going for him other than maybe Teddy Bridgewater and True Luck, I guess, right? But, like, at the end of the day, the Broncos are going to be bad. They're going to be behind. Their defense is going to obviously going to try to keep them in games. They're going to have field position where they're going to have to throw it. There's just a lot of scenarios for me to add up to it. If Jerry Judy's available in a good scenario where I'm not reaching for him, I'm taking Jerry Judy. I got him, I believe, in only two of my six traps this year. That's still good. Yeah, I think it's just for me, I didn't have the same confidence in the Broncos coming into it. I really hope that you're very right and Jerry Judy makes this incredible leap. I'll be very happy. If he does make an incredible leap, I think we might be unstoppable. But I don't know. That's still one of those that's just tough for me, taking it on there. I was personally, just to be honest, was looking at a lot more veteran wide receivers, but um, I went with Trevor's gut in this scenario with Judy. So before we keep rolling, I think two things are important to note is the Broncos, no matter how good or bad they are, they're, they typically have at the skill positions, typically have people who do well. Mm-hmm. Tied in wide receiver. They're running backs in the past that they, they haven't had like a true one in a while. But I guess at the end of the day, my point is we also have, and, and we can kind of keep rolling after this, but we have a lot of good receivers that I think we have to swap out for one or two. I'm okay with doing that. If Judy has an off week, they play, let's say, you know, the Giants defense, or they play the Buccaneers defense, or they play, a, you know, a good cornerback defense or a good secondary. I think it's okay to, to sit Judy for that week and play insert next guy here, right? Whoever we go over next. Uh, but I know there's a position we haven't even covered yet once. If you want to just briefly go over that since we're on the Broncos topic. Yeah, we also have Broncos tied in Noah Font starting in the tight end slot, which I'm okay with. Um, it's not a top tight end, but, I mean, after Kelsey, there's 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 Kelsey. Then there's a second tier that has Darren Waller and uh, Kittle. And then there's, like, a third tier that I would put Noah Font in. Uh, so, the thing with Noah, is it Fant or Font, by the way? No it's idea. Font to you. I, I just I, I feel like it's Font or Fant. <laughs> I say Font. <laughs> I say Fant, so that's funny that we both are like, wait. Uh, I have no idea. I, I'm no, not going to lie. Unless a player comes out and says, like, apparently, Travis, it's actually Travis Kels, according to him. Um, but Couldn't nonetheless. Years, Travis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> a little <laughs> late on that, buddy. I feel like he should have. Yeah, actually, I feel like he should have brought that up to our attention. Um, so the thing with tight end this year I made, I made this comment earlier and I kind of spoiled somewhat of our thought process, but we're not reaching for a tight end. Tight end this yeah. year, quite frankly, from Gerald Everett to Travis Kelsey, you're not going to get Travis Kelsey production on Gerald Everett. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you have for the first time in probably five to six years where, quite frankly, any tight end you take, whether it's round five or round 15, you're probably going to get a guy you can play consistently based on health week after week. And yes, it might not be 15 points because of the PPR format for Travis Kelsey or Darren Waller, but like 
it's going to be fine. Like tight ends, a position where you aren't going to lose your league because you have a crap tight end and no offense. If he can stay healthy, that's the issue. He's already got some injury, you know, stuff coming out of training camp. That's what makes me nervous. We've got Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith to worry about on the bench. We don't have Johnny Smith now, but one of those two Patriots tight end will be our backup depending on how they play week one through five. But at the end of the day, I don't hate the tight end position this year in any format, in any way. I love the idea of a two PPR or two point PPR uh, tight end leagues. I've seen that around uh, social media. I think that's interesting, but this would be a great year to do it, but this unfortunately is not one of those leagues. So I like Fant. The Broncos hopefully are going to suck and are going to get off the ball. That's our best case scenario, Josh. And I think that's yeah what happens. So any other thoughts on the tight end position? Noah Fant. What, do you have any leagues where you took uh, any of the top, I would say four guys. I, I'm kind of upset that you said TJ. I have I one I where I too. took Travis Kelsey in the first round. Nice. You probably had like pick eight or like seven, something like that. Yeah. It was like six or seven. Yeah. Uh, I'm again, like I said, I'm disappointed you put TJ Hawkinson in tier three, um, but nonetheless, he was almost he was tier three to until us he really has this year. Shows something. This year, I have TJ I think Hawkinson in some leagues. I do uh, too. So, I mean, I, I like TJ Hawkinson, but frankly, he's a tier three Titan. The fact that I got him in our Cooper League is kind of ridiculous, but. but um nonetheless any other thoughts on the team so far uh, before we get into the last probably the most important interchangeable spot for us be- because of our wide receiver depth no let's go at flex with a guy that i was very much behind us taking and Corey davis from the new york jets now i realize i talked about not being confident about the denver broncos offense and i'm going to talk about how i'm confident in the player for the new york jets i realize how that seems inconsistent <laughs> One, I have a lot of hopes in Zach Wilson. I think he's looked amazing uh, for the Jets and for their fan base that has probably suffered more than any most fan bases in any sport, frankly. Uh, I hope that it works out for them. But he's going to have to throw the ball to somebody, right? <laughs> and if it's, he's got to throw the ball to somebody, it might as well be Corey Davis, who's wide receiver one on that roster. We can get a wide receiver one in the flex spot. That's, that's not a bad place to be. In terms of ADP, uh, he did fall, I believe, about a round and a half it was. It was very close because we were obviously with the 22-pick time between our picks. Uh, we had time to discuss and think about who that flex was going to be, and there was a lot of great choices. I agreed with Josh on Corey Davis. I, I, at the end of the day, my only kind of devil's advocate play here with Corey Davis is he's wide receiver one week one. As the season goes on, I believe in in Elijah Moore. I think Elijah Moore is going to end up being the best receiver on that team, whether it's this year or next. Obviously, I think he's going to start getting more and more targets as weeks progress, as Wilson and him get better together. But, yes, Corey Davis, when he's healthy, is fast, is fun, and hopefully scores a lot of fantasy points, a lot of Fs here. Uh, I really like Corey Davis only because of the fact that, yes, they're going to have to throw to somebody weeks one through probably six or seven till uh, like that receiver core starts to come together. Uh, but yeah, Zach Wilson's, he's a burner. He's going to air it out. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, and, and right now, when you're talking about like a quarterback whose passing mechanics have been compared to Patrick Mahomes is outrageous as a comparison. That is it's what I keep yeah. hearing everywhere. He's going to air it out. <laughs> Cannon arm. The dude can yeah. throw a 65 ish yard pass from his knees. Like it just, I mean, across his body, like there's some of the stuff I saw at the BYU uh, uh, camp stuff that they did right before he was drafted. I think you guys would call it senior day or whatever. But 
I just, yeah, I, I think right now Zach Wilson looks like the best out of the five quarterbacks that were drafted in the first round. It was crazy. He was doing, I mean, I'm not going to, I guess like pro day. Yeah, he probably had the best pro day. Pro day. Um, That's what I was trying to say. Pro yeah, day. because the dude was doing trick shots at his pro day, basically. <laughs> Knowing he was going to. He knew he was going to. It was just a matter yeah, of reassuring He was doing that. trick shots, basically, at his pro day. And most guys don't take risks at his pro day. And he's uh, basically doing 180 turns and fire 45 yards. It's just ridiculous. Um, yeah, Corey Davis is, I'm excited. I think I said something happens to him or Elijah Moore uh, as somebody we weren't able to get. I, I obviously trading for him wouldn't make any sense, but you don't try to replace your flex with this guy who takes over for the guy that could be. So I think Corey Davis is a great pick, especially if he stays healthy. So, all right, let's carry down the bench. Uh, let's just talk about the rest of the wide receiver room. You want to lead into that, Trevor? Uh, yeah, I'm going to start with the guy at the very top who probably could take Corey Davis's place, depending on injury, depending on the week, depending on, quite frankly, the fact that we want to. So be it. Yeah. Uh, it's our team. Tyrell Williams fell almost five and a half rounds to Josh and I. It was ridiculous watching this man slide. And I was like, are we missing something? It was four and a half rounds, by the way. I we considered you. taking him several rounds earlier. Past, like, we were past, like, he'll be there. Past. He'll be there again. Still there every time until we finally took him off the board. In this league, if him if he falls two rounds, he falls twenty eight picks. Yeah, he fell four and a half rounds, Josh. And we got Tyrell, our our best bench receiver, who's going to be. People are like Tyrell Williams. Why are you guys getting so worked up over Tyrell Williams? He's wide receiver one in Detroit. DeAndre Swift is battling injuries right out of training camp, coming into week one. Jared Goff is going to suck. The Lions are going to suck. Tyrell Williams is going to catch every pass. <laughs> he might have a hundred. Him and Hawkinson. Those are the only like, who else. Exactly. Goff can and, throw the ball to. And Goff isn't historically a guy that throws to tight ends because no. he hasn't had any good tight ends. CJ Hawkinson's obviously an upgrade. That's kind of a caveat to my own point. What I'm saying is Tyrell Williams. If there's gonna, if you're gonna go, who's gonna catch the ball in Detroit? It's probably gonna be Tyrell Williams, and we got him like almost five rounds later than he should have went. I'm I'm over the moon. I mean, I don't love the pick in terms of just the fact that he's not playing in our lineup, but he's Tyrell Williams. He's going to catch passes. He wasn't bad when he was, you know, obviously on the Chargers before. So, yeah, I, I like it, Josh. I, I think it's a great pick. There's a couple spots here in terms of wide receiver. I think he's probably my favorite out of the three in terms of fantasy production this year. Then we'll go on to also from the Washington football team, Curtis Samuel. Another a former Panther guy uh, who left to go to Washington, um, also in our wide receiver room. Someone who one of the big things to point out rushed for 200 yards last year, as well as a wide receiver. Um, now he had to fill into a running back role a few games for the Carolina Panthers, but was very successful, averaging about five yards a carry. Uh, so we've got really just a very versatile skill player. Yeah. The thing with Curtis Samuel that I love, assuming that he's going to be fine with this groin injury, I read some stuff today, literally from Yahoo, actually. They send us lineup updates, and I love Yahoo for that, uh, giving you updates based on the players, and it seems a little more user-friendly than some of the other uh, formats. But um, basically, he's had a groin injury all, all off-season, which is really concerning because it's the off-season, and you played for Carolina last year. You weren't in the playoffs. Just rest. Enjoy your Thanks. off-season. Sorry. Look, Ron Rivera loves him. I also love him. I like the 200 yards thing. However, again, this is kind of my caveat is if this was that two flex league format I was talking about, 
he's a set it and forget it second flex because if he's healthy, he's going to have that upside where he's in the lineup. I mean, I'm texting Josh. Did you see Curtis Samuel's 45 yard rushing touchdown on the jet sweep? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like that's going to matter if this was a place we could play him. Like that's the only thing I hate about this Curtis Samuel pick. Like this is my advice, like to everybody out there that's playing fantasy football, which basically the entire world does at this point. Take, if you're in a double flex format, take Curtis Samuel. He's wide receiver two in Washington, who, by the way, I've taken in every format or I've taken in every uh, betting. Probably also running back two in Washington. (laughs) Gibson, no, they got J.D. McKissick still. That, that's disrespectful. They got J.D. McKissick still. But, no, Curtis Samuel. See who has more yards at the end of the year. And the Washington football team is going to – they're going to win that division, and they're going to hit the over on their wins, which was eight and a half. I'm, I'm all for it. They're going to score. Their defense is going to be a really good, and they're going to continue to put up points. So, yeah, there's I probably drafted more football team players this year than I did any other team, and it's scary in every league, quite frankly. I did a draft with my girlfriend earlier yesterday, and she drafted Gibson, uh, Terry McLaurin, and Curtis Samuel. She drafted three football team players. Oh, she, no, I'm sorry. She drafted uh, Logan Thomas. Logan Thomas. It wasn't uh, Curtis Samuel. But and Let me yeah. guess. Ryan Fitzpatrick is what? <laughs> she almost did. I told her, I was like, no, take Trey Lance for your backup. It's like you don't want Fitzpatrick. I literally almost told her, I was like, don't take Fitzpatrick. She took uh, Trey Lance as like the guy that could come in for her if she needed to. So anyway, it's fun that I know the fact that I'm talking about fantasy football. My girlfriend just makes me happy. That's their first ever league (laughs) she ever drafted. I'm over the moon. I got to draft with her. I'm super excited. So I'm looking forward to talking about that on Twitter at some point. Josh, Um, any, Oh, well, sorry. We forgot a wide receiver. The last one on our board. (laughs) Rounding out the wide receiver room. We took a flyer on Jalen Rager. I don't have a lot of thoughts about that. It was a very much towards the end of our draft and, uh, yeah. The fact that he was available as the last skill position for us in a 14 team PPR format, I'm fine with it. He could have He's his our number season. six wide receiver. So he could have a breakout season, but he might not have a breakout season on our starting lineup. <laughs> uh, so, one place we're uh, short on depth, at least going into season, our backup running back, our third, our running back three, because we only we told you guys about Kamar and Carson. Is Boston Scott in Philadelphia just kind of handcuffing uh, Miles Sanders? But frankly, it's probably going to be something that'll be changed when inevitably some random back breaks out in a couple weeks here. Um, at the time we drafted, this didn't matter, but a couple things that might matter in terms of back breaking out, depending on where Latavius Murray falls after being released by the Saints this week, I think Latavius Murray is going to be a great guy we could pick up and swap out, you know. Jalen Rager, and and I'll not spoil our backup quarterback just yet in case we don't need a backup for a while. But because there's a lot of quarterbacks on the waiver wire that are still good, serviceable as backups. But I think that's going to matter because Latavius Murray could be a guy that could be su- suitable for us. But with the wide receiver depth in the PPR league, I just don't see it being a problem. Um, as well as everything I've been reading this week specifically is that the Eagles are slowly deciding on doing a committee which makes yeah. me nervous as a Miles Sander owner in our keeper league. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Boston Scott may get 33% of the work. And if we had to play him because of injury or because of matchup, sure, Boston Scott. I mean, he also has pass catching upside. So it's Boston Scott. I'm not really over the moon. My thing is like the only guy left we will time. have to play a different back because of bye weeks. Like there's going to be a week that Carson and Kamara don't play. Uh, we'll have to figure something out. 
sooner. It's not something we have to worry about till week six when Kamara's out. So exactly. Not worried. Hopefully we were. Uh, hopefully we're five and zero by then. Yeah, <laughs> we're like three and two, four and one. It's fine. So. Um, backup quarterback, the leader of the Cleveland Browns, Baker Mayfield. Um. Yeah, another best available at the time. Um, I the crazy thing I don't have any thoughts on Baker Mayfield. I feel like the <laughs> entire NFL world has a thought on Baker Mayfield. Uh, my thought is like everyone else is the Browns. I told Josh this off recording multiple times, not even just today, but I have some family or you know, in laws from uh, Ohio and who all are Cleveland Browns fans. So I'm going to be watching more Browns games than I ever have other than last year. I'm excited. They're going to be a great team. They're good or improved because of draft or free agency at every level of the ball. They got mm-hmm. Jadavian Clowney. They got a couple of great corners in the draft that are going to play immediately. Every level of the ball on defense, they're better. Running yeah. backs, obviously, are who we know they are. The Is wide receiver core are who we know they are. Literally, people are – everybody's saying this. It's what scares me. It's Baker Mayfield is literally the difference between a Super Bowl and not a Super Bowl for the Cleveland Browns. It's scary, man. I really think the Cleveland Browns are going to win the AFC North. I was coming from somebody who over a year ago was a Baker Mayfield denier. I didn't think he was going to pan out. Um, And I was wrong. He changed my mind last season. So. Josh, I know this isn't a betting podcast and we don't do betting, but it's starting to become no a betting. point in the world. But I'm at least going to ask you this for the scenario's sake. If I gave you plus 200, let's just say lower, low-ish. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, I give you I give you 50-50. Just, okay, I'll give you a scenario since you don't know what that means. I love it. Uh, if yes or no, the Browns this year – Baker Mayfield can throw 3,500 or less yards, and they still win the AFC North. I think they're winning the AFC North. Just yeah, but I mean, less than 3,500, absolutely, he can still do it. He yeah, can still do 3,000. They've got great running backs. They've got a phenomenal defense. Yeah, I mean, you've got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt there on the running back side of the ball. Your defense is great. You don't have to air it out to win that division. I think about the Browns, it's going to just matter at this point, and I'm really excited for now, I'm not making any predictions about the Browns in the playoffs. I don't think that there's a lot you can predict about teams this far out for the NFL playoffs. Exactly. Other than Kansas City will probably win the AFC again. But Well, that, so that's the thing. I don't know if that's true because at the end of the day, like the Browns are going to get a test week one. You can't make predictions this far out, but the Browns are getting a test week one. They're playing Kansas City in Kansas yeah, City week it's one. It's going to be a fun game. That's going to be a heck of a test. That's like what that was what was their Achilles heel last year was like going into Kansas City, not being able to get it done. However, they almost did against Chad Henney. Uh, just not for what it's worth. The Browns Super Bowl odds currently are plus 1600. They are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. That's not bad. Eight. They're eighth. Like if you're if you're a better like if you're if you're a big time better out there, whoever's listening. That's a pick you just throw money on. Can you scroll to the bottom so I can find the Panthers? Yeah, go ahead. Um, let's see. Believe it or not, not that far down. They're like plus eight thousand. Yeah, like. plus eight thousand. Not that bad. You're so ahead, ahead of, of Cincinnati like, and Jacksonville and the New York Jets. All right. The Lions and the Texans. Even with the Raiders, which I think the Raiders are all right. I think yeah, I think the Raiders are going to be better than people think this year. Just and these odds, by the way, Vegas does this to make money. I don't like go off these for any reason. My point is, the Browns value wise. They're going to be one of the best teams in the AFC. They could even be the second best team in the AFC this year. 
which is yeah, why I mean, yeah, the Baker I mean, thing. It's a big. Deal. I think I think they could be. I would say I wouldn't be shocked if they finished third. I I really think it is KC and Buffalo again. I think they're really far ahead of everyone else. The AFC to me, and we're getting like on a playoff tangent, tangent. tangent but the AFC is pretty much KC and Buffalo and everybody else. The NFC, on the other hand, I have no idea what's going to happen. I'm not convinced Tampa Bay is as far ahead of everyone as people think. They kind of came out of nowhere in a late playoff surge to win it all last year when they didn't look that dominant in the regular season. So I'm not really sure what to think in the NFC. Um, I think that's anybody's ballgame, really. But in the AFC, I expect a Casey and Buffalo AFC title game that I'll have a lot of fun watching. The thing that kills me, and we can move on to kicker and defense, and then I have one question for you because this is the only time all year we'll talk about football consistently for 45 minutes, and I just want to know this on record because I think it's hilarious. Um, kicker and defense first before we go through that. Okay. Kicker, we've got Matt Gay, which I am a pretty big fan of with the L.A. Rams. I think it's an offense that will score enough, but maybe not punch it in the end zone quite so much that he can get some – Good field goals. He's a guy that kicks deep field goals a lot. So it's a good thing to look out for from Matt Gay. Defense, we've got the perennially stout Indianapolis Colts defense and special teams. Um, a million questions for them on the offensive side of the ball, but the defensive side of the ball looks good. <laughs> so I'm happy we went with Matt Gay. I haven't drafted him in any formats, but the thing I like about guys like him, the way I approach kicker is a little different than others maybe, but I, my thing is you can't guess field goals. You can't guess 30, 40 yards. You can look at stats and see how they make them. That's not my point. People like um, – what's the guy for the Seahawks this year? I forgot his name. Uh, but he missed Jason not Myers. a single – thank you. Yeah, Myers didn't miss a single field goal last year. However, he only made like – I think it was like three outside of 40 and 50. So, like, they don't kick a lot of field goals. And he finished as a top five kicker. I like guys that I'm going to get sure extra points out of. I like offenses that no matter what, that guy's going to get me. If they score four touchdowns, he's going to have four extra points. Mm -hmm. However, the, the field goals will fall in as they must. At that point, if somebody like, you know, young way Koo, who wasn't good three years ago, all of a sudden starts playing well, so be it. Pick him up off the waiver wire before anyone else does. That is what it is. So I, I really, I like the net gate pick because the Rams are going to score a lot. So um, defense, however, is uh, something that Josh and I, I don't think it's a secret. I mean, streaming defense is kind of like, the fantasy secret that everyone does yeah. now. So <laughs> it'll be interesting to see, but the fact that we got the Colts in the final round, and if you drafted defense earlier than the final round of your drafts, I don't want to be friends with you. We got the Colts in the last round and I was very happy to say that. So um, that's a great I pick. They score a lot of touchdowns. Josh, don't say that. <laughs> no, but they, they have, they get a lot of sacks. They get a lot of sacks. They take force a lot of fumbles. And they last year scored five touchdowns. So the Colts they score a lot for a defense, frankly. They really do. A lot of speed. So any thoughts on our team, this league, anything like that before I ask you one final question, and then we can promote where they can find this league and find the updates. Um, scroll up. Let's just take a cursory look at the fantasy football schmucks, which is the name of the podcast we're playing in week one. Uh, week one, I'll go to the matchup here briefly. We'll look at their starting lineup. Uh, currently, Trevor and I are projected to win by six points, 134 to 128. Uh, so I'll just kind of carry down the list here. At quarterback, they've got Kyler Murray, which I like a little bit better than ours. Wide receiver, they went heavy wide receiver, Devontae Adams and DeAndre Hopkins. Wow. But then you see why they went heavy wide receiver when you hit running back, and it's Javante Williams and Sony Michelle starting at running back. 
Kyle Pitts at the tight ends. Marcus Callaway currently in the flex spot. That's boomer bust. We'll see how it goes. Uh, Matt Prater at kicker and the Minnesota Vikings defense. They're playing the Cincinnati Bengals, so we'll see if that's a good bet for them or not. Uh, I think their receivers are going to kill us, quite frankly, but I don't think they're going to get anything out of running back. They got your guy Sam Darnold as backup quarterback, I see. Yeah, Sammy. <laughs> nice. Um, I guess quickly, uh, yeah, it looks like we are the favorite 54 to 46%. So assuming Kyler doesn't have a 40-point game and the wide receivers don't have 40-point games, I think we're okay. Um, I don't Kyler will have a 40-point game against Tennessee. They usually play pretty Tennessee's, well. Tennessee's defense is – I'm not – that's the one thing that's going to kill them in the AFC this year. But – yeah, I mean it's it's going to be a it's going to be a high score. You got to realize when teams play Tennessee, Tennessee possesses the ball. Yeah, really they Derrick Henry. They, they run with Derrick Henry, and then they run with Derrick Henry, and then they run with Derrick Henry. <laughs> they also now have uh, AJ Brown and Julio together, so you never yeah. know what they're going to do this year. And Mike Rabel, if there's ever a wild card, <laughs> I coach, love watching Mike Rabel play. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. It's a great time. My point is, it's going to be high scoring because it's yeah. It, it's those two teams. They're going to play well together. I guess they have other. Kyler and goal. Nuke together, which is yeah, it's a great stack. We didn't actually stack a single receiver. I don't think <laughs> we did not. Um, well, we took receivers from the Washington football team, the Denver Broncos, and the New York Jets. So, do you want to stack Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, or Zach Wilson? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> my the reason I brought the same Darnold up to end the episode here is as a Carolina Panthers fan. I just want you to have your opinion on record for the only time this year we'll talk about football for more than five minutes. So you have your epilogue here of, of Sam Darnold, Josh. Go right ahead. Wonderful. Um, frankly, I've been a fan of Sam Darnold since he was at USC. I've always liked him a lot. I've thought he's had a ton of potential. Given what he was given with the Jets, I don't think he did badly. Uh, he walked into the worst situation I've ever seen a quarterback walk into in their career. The Adam Gase and his general manager were completely on different ends of what they wanted to do the same day Sam Darnold showed up. Uh, Then in his second season, when Darnold actually started to get going, he got mono and had to sit out for weeks at a time. He couldn't work out at all because with mono, you can't work out at all. It's a major health concern. And so his entire second season was derailed. Never, quite frankly, had an O-line with the Jets. Uh, and I was just glad for him to get out there and have a chance somewhere else. Um, I have hope. I'm not, I can't say I'm hundred percent confident, but I remember two years ago when the Panthers uh, traded for Teddy, no signed Teddy Bridgewater. I was not happy when we traded for Sam Darnold this year. I was pretty satisfied with the decision. I'm not saying I was elated, but. I was pretty satisfied with um, bringing in Sam Darnold because I think the guy's only been in the league three years. He's got a great arm. He's a smart guy coming from USC. I think it was a good shot. Darnold's my second favorite quarterback in that draft. Josh Allen was my favorite quarterback in that draft, and I will gloat about that till the end of my life because I got that one right. It's been a while since I've got a draft quarterback right. That was the one I got right. I'll take credit for that. However, Sam Darnold was my second favorite quarterback in that draft. So hopefully he proves both of us right. Um, yeah, the thing with the Panthers doing that, at the end of the day, Deshaun Watson is still available at some point. And if Darnold doesn't work out, Deshaun Watson might not be on another team until next year. 
pending off field. But yeah. at the end of the day, it's Deshaun Watson. Like he's gonna he could be available and you have the capital for him. I just wanted to make sure that your thoughts on Darnold were out there for the sake of this season. And uh um I was very excited about the possibility of the Panthers getting Deshaun Watson and was ready to pull the trigger with just about any trade package that didn't involve Christian McCaffrey for a while. Bingo. Uh, because I don't see a point in trading away key weapons. That's just my thing. Uh, but given all of the allegations that are so many of them that I find it hard to think there isn't something, uh, I would be quite upset if the Panthers traded for Deshaun Watson. At the end of the day, you would rather have a quarterback this year than not have one. He might not play a game this year. So I, just I also sure just like, there. from my standpoint, I like having, I, I don't like the moral quandary of rooting for a player that might've done these awful things. So I don't, I don't want to sure. deal with that. Yeah. So, no, at the end of the day, I don't want, um, I don't want, I like good people playing for my teams. <laughs> not saying Deshaun Watson is a bad person. I don't, we don't know. Yeah. any of the evidence yet. We only know what's been reported in the media, and I don't want the Panthers to trade for Deshaun Watson. Funny enough, that was the first question I had for you. The last one I have for you before we close it out and promo ourselves till we are blue in the face about this league. Josh, Mac attacks here, baby. Mac Jones is the week one starter for the New England Patriots. Where are you with Mac Jones? I have to know. I actually don't know this. I've asked you off and on, like, you know, tits bits here and there. What is your Mac Jones thoughts? Because I feel like at this point, if you ask an NFL analyst, if you ask Boomer Esiason right now, and you ask Joe Schmo on the street, they're probably going to disagree. Like, where are we? Where are you? <laughs> is the question. Where are you with Mac Jones? I think he could be an awesome facilitator. That's boring. Yeah, I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> hey, facilitators can win Super Bowls. Yeah, of course they can. They win six of them. Uh, but no. Comparing uh, <laughs> him to Brady. Are you calling Brady a facilitator? Uh, in that offense, the way it's built? Yeah. In that I offense, mean, in Tampa Bay, sure. But no. <laughs> yeah. So – this is fine. Give me the boring answer. I am excited. I've talked myself into him. I also am frustrated because I, I think I it's least... better, like coming from a Panthers fan right now. I think better. it's better than going with Cam. I think it's way better. Absolutely. Yeah. However, I wanted to see a full offseason where Cam apparently looked good. I don't watch the preseason to be completely clear. And he also had the offensive build around him for a little while. They like I've took heard time it before, to man. Him, so I know. And I just I just wanted the fair shot because at the end of the day, here's here's my point that a lot of people, I guess, who aren't Patriots fans aren't gonna get this. You have Cam Newton, who, yes, is probably done. I get it. My point. He's done. Yeah. Backup quarterback wise, if he's willing, he's got the Allen Iverson comparison for me. If he can transition the end of his career to be a backup, Allen Iverson didn't want to do it and he retired. Cam might do the same thing. My point is, if you have Cam Newton, you have the potential to have this guy that could be a, a game changer for you for a couple of weeks at the beginning of the season. My point is, you have they had their guy all along. Mm-hmm. Like, what's it going to hurt to try the Cam Newton thing? They're yeah. not going to lose five games. Like, if he sucks in game one, put in Mac Jones game two. You have your guy. You got him. I think it's also a and prodigy. Whatever. I think it's an issue that you want to have your playbook. So you don't want to change your playbook after week. I got it. I know. I just Cam Newton and Mac Jones could not be more different quarterbacks. One hundred percent. They are the two most different quarterbacks that were in the same QB room in the NFL. 
the thing that also very different playbooks. The thing that also and I think that Bill Belichick is much more comfortable with a Mac Jones quarterback who has the physique and physique and athletic ability of Tom Brady. Um. Versus a Cam Newton. <laughs> you couldn't have said it better. In terms of the offensive way it's built, facilitator is what you need. Mm-hmm. However, though, Josh, another point that a lot of non-Patriots fans aren't realizing is, would you rather have it back up Brian Hoyer or Cam Newton? I'm going to take the potential of Cam Newton over Brian Hoyer. Because if Mac Jones breaks his leg in week three, the season's over. I think it has to do with that Cam Newton wasn't willing to be a backup. I understand. He I said just, that. It sucks. He it just said sucks. that. QB depth really sucks. That. Brady missed and now granted. I mean, I guess like it was did. asked to me, would as would I want as a Panthers fan, the Panthers to bring back Cam Newton? And I was like, if he'd be the backup, yes, absolutely. absolutely. He'd be great for him. Love to have him as the backup. That's my um, point. But I don't think he'd want to do that. <laughs> but um, the thing that I guess the quarterback thing shouldn't make me nervous in terms of backup because they went ten and six with Matt Castle in mid playoffs. The one year Brady was hurt his entire Patriots career. So I guess they could do it with whoever, right? They went three and one with Jimmy Garoppolo and, J- and Jacoby Brissett. It's doable. I get it. Mm-hmm. I just different team though. So. I just it's frustrating nonetheless. Anyway, um, let's uh, close this out because it's been fun. We've talked about fantasy. We've even sprinkled in our NFL thoughts here and there. Um, where Josh can of many places, of course. Where can the people find out updates on our fantasy league for us? We're self-promoting. This is great. You can find it on Twitter at Two Pointers. Is that it? Podcast? What's, it's at what's two the pointers. exact Twitter it's handle? at Two Pointers. <laughs> at Two Pointers. So I was right the first yeah. time. You can find it on Twitter right at Two Pointers. Uh, Trevor will probably be posting TikToks about it at some point. Um, I don't really know how that works, frankly. They'll eventually include Josh. I'll figure out something. <laughs> and on Facebook, we'll give an update at the end of the week. We'll let you guys know how we did and see if the basketball podcast wins the football league. I'm so excited. I hope we do. This is the most competitive league we're going to play in this year, probably in terms of the format and the type and the people. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, Also five-star review on Apple continue to do that. And we're getting close to 50. We greatly appreciate all the love and support Uh, the TikTok as well. Like Josh said, please follow it. If you see it on your 40 page, if you don't, it's at the two pointers podcast, Twitter, like Josh said, at two pointers and Instagram. We don't have one because we're a visual I can't talk. We're an audio podcast. Hmm. Uh, visual visual to come in the future at some point. Josh, any thoughts uh, before tomorrow when this episode goes out? The Buccaneers and Cowboys will kick off. Yeah. Great timing, right? Uh, football. Go Dak Prescott. Thought. I'm so excited. Ready for a full week of football. I'm football. so excited. Six straight hours, seven straight hours of commercial free football. I am going to all I'll be doing all day. I will be in front of a TV on Sunday watching football. Panthers Jets. Not a marquee matchup for many people, but it is for me. So (laughs) with that being said, this has been the two point conversion podcast. Just kidding. This has been the two pointers podcast. I'm Josh. I'm Trevor. And we will see you soon. Thank you.